Hi, welcome back uh, to another week, another episode of the podcast. We tried to record one last night, and uh, we were too disappointed about some of the results in the races that we forgot to press record or something. So we're we're switching it up and focusing on Sunday's card. And uh, good thing we switch it up because uh, you know we get a little bit more time to talk about the the kindergarten. But yeah. overall, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Got a big uh, Preakness day out of the way here. Yes. Nice race by Justify. Pretty game down the stretch. But uh, yeah, what a race that was. It was. Uh, it, you know, in, in the end, after I watched it again a second and three times, Mike Smith pretty much threw the, threw the anchor down late in the stretch. So kind of looked a little bit deceiving, like he was stopping. But I, I thought he had plenty of horse left in the stretch. So another Triple Crown in the making. Um, and I just, at this point, I, don't, I can't see any new shooters really taking him down. Yeah, seem uh, good. Magic was really ready to roll that race. Yeah, and he tried. He tried his best. He tried everything he could to take it to him, and and that was that was a horse race right there. That's a, it that, was. That looked like a low sale, four and a exactly. half furlong. Mm-hmm. I mean, they hooked up right from the get go. and I didn't really know uh, what was going to happen, but yeah, I think that was Good Magic's best shot, and uh, he just couldn't do it. Um, you know, he ran a valiant effort. He he didn't quit. A lot of people said, "Oh, he, he got defeated easily." No, he he hung on. He hung on. Onto the deep stretch. I think yeah. he might have got him, what, fourth, I think? Yeah, I mean, despite yeah. all the conditions you had to go through mm-hmm. with the way that track was, I mean, just a, a pretty game effort by both horses. And you know, when they were showing them by t- by, side by side dueling, you can really see how big of an animal Justify is. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah, I was watching on TVG today, and they said that was one of the things people stayed away from at the Keeneland sale yeah. was, was his size, that people didn't really like how big he was, but he seems to be handling it well. Man, uh, you know, and Baffert uh, knows how to get big boys into the big races. So we've seen <laughs> the T-Rex, Dorman, a few years back. We, he had him going good time, and now we, we see Justify looking uh, looking like the real deal heading to uh, Belmont. So, do, you, do you think he's going to get the job done? I think so. At, the, at this point, I don't see any any new shooters really stepping up and and kind of beating him. Um, now he's two for two, you know, in, in two weeks over sloppy surface and hard fought races. If there was any race for him to regress, I thought it was this one. Okay. Uh, off of three weeks rest and then heading to New York. I, I just, I can't see him getting beat by that someone else. If he gets beat, it's because he doesn't fire. But if, yeah. you know, if he runs his race, I think he's, he's the one to beat. Yeah, I agree. He's pretty battle tested uh, so far. He's he's taking everybody's shot that they can give to him, and and he just keeps going. If anything, he if, you know if anybody beats him, I think it's just going to be himself having this you know this tasking mm-hmm. uh, kind of schedule he's been doing, kind of grueling on horses, especially after these races. But uh, hopefully he comes back fresh and, and he runs his race. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's going to be a a lot of chatter leading up to the to Belmont in the next three weeks, and this is the time where a lot of the mainstream media starts picking up the story. You're gonna see a lot of uh, uh, things on, you know, Sports Center and a lot of the mainstream other outlets picking up. Uh, can we have another Triple Crown winner? And uh, if everything goes well, I think we will. So that's a little bit of the Preakness talk. Um, Mike Smith and Bob Baffert with another one. All right, we're gonna take a look at Sunday's program. We'll have a little top, little bit of topics for the after show, including. We'll recap your horses, your horse oh, ran. You're going to make me relive yeah, it again. Yeah, we'll, we're going to relive right. that. So right. your horse ran Friday night, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about that race because I think it's uh, – overall, I think it's 
positive news because uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer you up. I'm gonna cheer you up. Don't right. worry about it. Excellent. Yeah, I'm I wasn't too disappointed. Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, playing it up a little, but uh, <laughs> horse came back fine. So we'll talk about it later. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's take a look at, at Sunday's card. Ten race program here, Los Al, uh, culminating with the Grade One, Grade Two. Excuse me, uh, Robert Adair Kindergarten Futurity. Uh, that's going to be race number ten. But let's start the card with a uh, four and a half thoroughbreds here, four and a half furlongs maidens. Uh, field of seven. Um, we've got uh, an invader from across town. Uh, is there one or two? There's two. Uh, actually, three. Now that I look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main one that I think is going to take a lot of play. It's going to be on the outside there. Uh, hidden crook for Angie Aquino and Juan Sanchez. Uh, coming from a semi-furlong event at San Diego, $20,000 mating claimers. Now comes into LaSalle. I like that Juan Sanchez picks this one up, draws the outside, and he wasn't too far off the pace last time out, all things considered. And I think that makes him the horse to beat. Yeah, he's been racing against a lot tougher there. And Angie really knows how to get horses going from when they, when they come from, whether it's Golden Gate, Santa Anita. You know, she can get him to fire and draws a nice post here on the outside. I went with the number six cash pilot for mm -hmm. Mike Pender just because of that angle we talk about. You yep. know, a second start at Los Al. He ran a really nice first start there and only lost by a length and three quarters. So if he should sit closer to the pace, I, I think he can uh, be within striking distance in the stretch and pounce on him. Yeah, it should improve uh, is what I have written on my notes for the sixth cash pilot, uh, who's third of my numbers. Second of my numbers is going to be the one Chicky Lin, uh, the other invader. From Santa Anita, but interesting to note this horse is cutting back in distance from a mile and 16th all the way down to four and a half. Uh, but that effort three starts back, uh, and actually two starts back, both of those efforts could be competitive here. And it's all about how good can Kelly McDade get this runner out of the gate from the inside yeah. post. That's the main question mark, but uh, definitely makes some sense here with the class drop seven one six for me. I went a uh, six one four mm -hmm. just because uh, Keith Craig Miles. First-time starters usually fire out of there. He hasn't won uh, recently with a first-time starter, but I bet this horse is going to be on the lead, yeah. and uh, he's, he's going to give you your money's worth. I just don't know if he can <laughs> hang on in the stretch. Oh, and, you know, there's a there's an indicating bullet workout uh, on the 9th of May, 36.80 for three furlongs, the best of six in the morning at that distance. Um, definitely makes you believe maybe they're, they sharpen this horse up to, to get ready first time out. I'll take a wait-and-see approach tonight. And uh, we'll see what happens. But that's race number one. Race two, uh, conditional claimers now. we got got uh, winners here going four and a half furlongs. Uh, field of six. Uh, top to bottom, a little bit of a inconsistent form. And I think that's where you're going to get a little bit of a price on whoever you like in this spot. Uh, I went with the inside runner, a claim cat here for Edgar Pierres and Angie Aquino. Fourth last time out, just uh, three quarters of a length behind fellow rival fair escape who's a four um edgar payers jumping back aboard i think uh can help this one out and uh and that's where i'm going to go on the inside there a clean cat i went with the number two sharp holiday another dropper coming from santa anita for elmer january uh drops to the bottom at los Allen and had some trouble last time studied there at two different places uh just kind of lost all chance there but but gets its easiest chance to yet and gets kelly mcdade in that weight break and so Hopefully, uh, can outclass these horses. Uh, definitely going to have to set a nice tracking trip on Louder California there. But uh, hopefully, isn't too far off the pace here. First time at Los Al. And uh, hopefully, that class gives them the edge. That's going to be a, a little bit of a, 
apprentice duel. They're both run right next to each other there on the one and two post. I agree on the two. I made that one my second choice. Private purchase now in the barn of Elmer, Elmer January. Uh, third choice, I'll go to the five, La, La Juve, here for Louis Bravica and Barrington Harvey. Um, I like the improved uh, outing three starts back when this one broke the maiden. Um, there's not a ton of, like, standouts in this field. Uh, no. I thought the other two two runs after that race weren't the best uh, clean trip. So with the clean trip, I think the five could maybe get a piece of it. If not, uh, everything can fall apart and, and upset the field. So I'll go one, two, five here in race two. Okay, I went two, three, one. All right, two, three, one for Curtis. And that's the early double here on a Sunday night. Race three, uh, four and a half conditional claimers. This is 2,500 is the claiming price. Field of six. And uh, this is a very competitive field top to bottom. I had a tough time giving the edge to 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 uh, a few runners, but overall I, I landed on, on the six bond mount just because uh, this horse is relatively lightly raced compared to most of this field. Uh, and drawing the outside, there's some good sub-22 second speed uh, that this one has showed and has been popular at the claim box. Now uh, claimed in, in two starts, two consecutive outings. Lynn Melton now, owner and trainer. Minor Rana writes this one two to one on the morning line. Uh, we'll see how much, how long, how far this horse can take him uh, from the outside post. Yeah, that was my top pick as well. I think just adding the blinkers, if that can give this horse a little extra, this mm -hmm. horse could be long gone and go wire to wire. I chose uh, for a good price, I chose the, the two, love your life. If you just throw out that last race, I think this horse has been pretty consistent at this level. Elmer's been pretty good off the claim for this new stable of uh, Blue Titan stables. And uh, you get a nice price here at eight to one. So if he can uh, just sit off Bonmont and get a nice tracking trip, hopefully he can outfinish him in the stretch. Yeah, that's going to be eight to one on the two. I went six, five, one, the five fast lane Larry there. Uh, this one's coming out of some fast races there. Uh, 51 and two, 51 and three was speeding just four lengths, four and a half, uh, four and a quarter lengths last time out. Maybe the, the coming out of those fast races can move that one up. And then the one horse, first time gelding, now in his 13th career start. Interesting runner, uh, you know, three starts back. Uh, this one, one under this rider. Maybe a first time gelding gets him to focus a little bit more, and that can make him a threat today from the inside post. But it's a tricky field. It's pretty interesting that we don't use the three, right? You didn't like the three? I picked him for third, okay, actually. For third. But yeah, I like that we're both trying yeah. to beat that horse. Yeah, so this, uh, this. It's going to be a good race to try to get a price here. We, we're both against the uh, 8-5 favorite Gussie Streak as far as the top choices go. So 6-5-1 six, one, six, one for me. and I went 6-2-3. All right, that's race three there. Um, with the 10-race program, the pick six will not begin until race five. Race four, uh, conditional claimers going four and a half furlongs. 3,200 there is the claiming price. Field of, I want to say six. Yeah, field of six. Uh, and the question mark is, can uh, can Sunday Sunrise go four and a half? Yeah, <laughs> that is the main question. And, and you would think it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but boy, it, it sure feels like that last half of furlong. Yeah, definitely. To to them. Yeah, to some horses, you know, going from four and a half to four furlongs is, you know, might as well be a hundred yard dash. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and so this horse has really been mainly running in those four furlong races, but you know, whenever. Uh, you know, this horse stretches out, you know, I, I think it's suspect. So I'm always going to try and beat him. <laughs> I went with the two golden Atlantic for Kelly Castaneda. 
uh, dueled all the way to the lane and was just out finished at the $5,000 level and won two outs back at the $4,000 level there, one clear. It was pretty pretty games that are out there, uh, one pretty easy, so hopefully just cutting back to its original claiming price, I can give this one a big shot. I, I gave the four Southern Summer my top choice. Second choice will be the five. Put it there, a bit of a price there, uh, taking a class drop now. Second time this was a board for one of this horse's victories uh, late last year. So the rider know this horse. I like the out, the post towards the outside draw and I like the drop in class. So the five at a bit of a price. Third choice, uh, the six, awesome leap. Another price there, 10 to one. Uh, Kelly McDade jumping back aboard. This one didn't get the best of trips against uh, Tougher last time out. So I'm, I'm going with a little bit of prices with a class drop on the five and the six. Yeah, I thought the six uh, was also a pretty good look at ten to one. Same thing, just draws the outside and cuts back to the thirty-two hundred dollar level. I thought Kelly McDade had this horse finishing out uh, pretty nicely last time after getting bumped around at the start. Uh, should get a nice uh, trip stocking the pace. It has some uh, early speed that it's shown in the past. I, I don't know if this horse may be regressing, and that's why uh, it hasn't really been showing the speed. But you know, at ten to one, I'm going to take that shot. Yeah, at this at these kind of prices, it's worth taking a shot. So I'll go four, five, six, and. Two, four, six. All right. That's race number four there at Los Al. Race five. By the way, wel welcome, Cody, if you're a listener of the podcast. Welcome <laughs> welcome to Los Al. Race five named uh, for Cody. Hopefully, you're celebrating. You have to give good. him a shout-out in the winner's circle. Yeah. <laughs> welcome welcome to the races, Cody and and company. So race five, we got uh, maidens, two-year-olds here, going 300 yards. And we've got uh, the majority of these runners have racing experience. And I think this is going to make the race very, very interesting. Uh, top to bottom, field of 10. It's going to be a good wagering race. Uh, I went with the inside runner separate from others. Paul Jones, Cesar Diaba, uh, had the lead there and just had to set up for second. And behind Arrogant Disregard, who was posting a very nice victory there. The time wasn't all that, but I like the way this horse broke. Yeah. Uh, the inside, uh, it's a little bit iffy, but I'll take my chances there. I, previously, this horse had worked uh, pretty well there in 1220. On the 17th of April, nine to two. I don't think I'll get that at post time, but uh, for sure I think we'll get three to one, somewhere around three to one at post time for this horse. I gave my check mark also to the one separate from others. This horse really shot out of the gate, yeah. but I think he was just out there on his own. Uh, nobody was really around him, and I think he just got lost and he started to lug in, and that kind of is what what cost him the victory there. Hopefully Caesar can keep him to task here down along the inside. You know, like we said, 1590 wasn't that great of a time, but yeah, I just don't think he had his mind on running mm -hmm. the last half of that race. So hopefully, uh, as long as Caesar keeps them together, has got a big shot here. In the he, he was over a length and a quarter clear of the third place finisher, so it was a big gap there for third. Uh, he runs his race, so it just improves it a little bit. He's definitely going to be a uh, horse to watch. My second choice will go to the seven here, New Girl, uh, for Jose Flores and Cruz Mendes. Uh, Fourth in debut behind Razzle Dazzle, who looked uh, very nice there in debut. And, you know, this horse finished fourth after getting a little bit bumped there at the start from the inside post. That finished better than lucked. Uh, you know, I like the breeding by One Dash and Eagle at an old, old girl. I like the dam. Uh, maybe this horse could improve there. Cruz Mendes stays aboard. I went with the number five, Maya's signature in second mm -hmm. for Jesus Nunez and EG High. This horse drew the far outside, which, you know, I, I always say I'm not a big fan of uh, for two-year-olds. 
but veered out there, but really ran on nicely. Only lost by a head and almost dropped a pretty good price there at 20 to 1. I like that this horse draws uh, between, you know, kind of two horses that I, I don't think are that strong. Uh, the six, uh, Paul Jones, his horse Luke Strawwalker, those surly straw flies, they usually need a race or two to get going. Mm -hmm. I think we've seen over the years. So I like where he's drawn in the middle of the track and uh, just break cleanly this time, show that same finish, uh, I think can be a winner. I agree on that. A two to one on the morning line, your, your morning line choice. Um, I think the one and the five are going to take plenty of play at post time. One, seven, five for me. I went uh, one, five, ten. Uh, I gave the San Diego fire. Yeah, uh, what did you think of that drill? You know, he looks to be like a long striding horse yeah. and uh, hasn't, uh, broken all that well that's the only reason i'm going with the outside yeah. this time because i think if he was drawn anywhere between horses he's probably going to get cut off but uh you know was finishing okay there had a nice drill of 1240 and i know lindolfo diaz this is his uh, go-to breeding i think every year he goes and he, he gets the baby out of this mare checker running mm -hmm. so i gave it a nice price uh, with ayala and lindolfo they usually hit pretty good just uh, needs needs to get a clean break and, and be there early. And interesting to see Ayala uh, getting the man on this one on the outside where you know, Paul Jones has the other first name star, the sixth Luca, Luca Straw Walker, and Ayala lands on this one. So San Diego Fire, one and two day beater, is going to draw the outside there, 1240. 175 for me. 1510. All right, that's race number five. Race six, the start, is this start of late pick four or no? Nope. No, no, not yet. Race race uh, six here, three hundred yards. Conditional claimers four thousand dollars is the claiming price. Field of seven. Um, I went to with a bit of a price. I've been chasing this horse. I wasn't about to give up tonight, and this is probably going to be my long shot play of the night. Uh, the four divide him up six to one on the morning line has been given a little bit of a break. Uh, I, I thought three, four, five starts back. This horse should have probably finished much better. Could have easily won there. Uh, when finished second by a neck. And then after that, hasn't gotten out all that well out of the gate. I like that they've given this horse, a, uh, they've given her a little bit of a break uh, since uh, early February. So I'm looking for a divide him up here, maybe pop up at a price, six to one on the morning line. Yeah, the horse is usually right there. Just uh, needs to get a nice clean start, but everything Ramon Figueroa has been sending yeah. out has usually been firing. I went with the one horse kind of by default because I really wasn't too high on um, any of the runners in here. So I went with our sweet Trini there along the rail. I think this horse just holds a, a class class edge above the rest. And uh, draws the inside here. Has uh, been running pretty well. A 100-yard dash, one there, and, and then four back. Broke its maiden by a length. But I think uh, just gets a clean start away from the gate. Should be pretty tough. Yeah, uh, so 4-1-7, the one our sweet Trini, 8-5 on the morning line. It's my second choice. The seven, gone, gone away. It's my third choice on the outside. I like the class drop. Uh, I like the outside draw, and that effort two starts back makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think at a price, it could be uh, a useful horse. So four one seven for me. I went a one seven two. I kind of gave the two a little look. Yeah. You know, I think just this last time because they've dropped it almost all the way to the bottom that you can't hear at Los Al, and they switched to Yannette Rodriguez. She's thirty one percent first time, sixty seven percent off one hundred and eighty yeah. days. The blinkers come off, so. I'll give it one last shot. All right, so you're going you're gonna to take a shot here. 15 to 1, you get Marcia Ramirez to ride here. All right, that's race number six. By the way, Mr. Ed Bernard just walked in, and you brought in pizza for the crew. 
he must have hit something. Yeah, he, he must have hit something. And by the way, a spoiler alert, we'll have Ed Burgard later on in a future episode. Are we going to get him for uh, Ed Burke? Yes. Million for maturity trials? I'm going to book him. I'm going to circle his calendar. No relation. <laughs> no, no relation. <laughs> by the way, Ed, while we have you here, uh, what'd you think of Justify? <laughs> Did you? Because I listened to Jerry Bailey and Randy Moss criticize the performance afterwards. Oh, really? They said he was not as impressive and he regressed off of his Kentucky Derby win. I totally disagree because I've watched races for, called races for 30, 40 years. Seldom you see a horse go a mile and yeah. head and head with another horse, put that horse away and still win. Yeah. I thought his race was far more impressive than the Kentucky Derby when he put away a cheap speed horse yeah. mm -hmm. and opened up and won in hand. So. I was very, very impressed. Now, how much it took out of him, we don't know. Gone, yeah, no. But to me, this race was more impressive than his win on the Kentucky Derby, despite what colleagues Randy Moss and Jerry Bailey said. I totally disagree. I, I, I agree on that point because he, to me, it looked like Mike Smith was kind of easing in the end. He, he, he uh, to me, to my eye, he looked like he had plenty of horse. Uh, but no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know totally about that because Mike's not a whip rider anyway, mm. and he urged the horse pretty good. Nearing the 16th hole to get away from good magic. Mm -hmm. The horse started to drift, and I think Mike just knew he had to get the horse to the wire. That took a lot out of both of those horses. I thought good magic ran a great race. Yeah, I give him credit. And my opinion is if good magic had not been sent, Justify would have won by eight or ten lengths, and then they would have said he was yeah. as good as American Barrel. Exactly. You can look great winning by eight or ten lengths when you open up three in hand, but to go ahead and head like this horse did and still win, to me, he was more impressive. In this race than he was the derby. I agree. I think he. I think he. He just looks stronger. So, and he. He looks like a beast of an animal. He's so so big. So, I agree. I, I think he was as impressive as can be. And you know, like we talked about earlier when we opened the podcast, he's definitely going to be the horse to beat there, in three weeks in the Belmont. So it's always good when Ed echoes our our opinion. Yes, that that gives us some validity. <laughs> it does. It does. We actually landed on the same page as yeah. that. So, hey, we we'll take that. All right. Let's switch uh, switch the race to race number seven, and this is the start of the pick four with a with a ten race program. Uh, field a compact field of six. Is this a race where ninety percent of the tickets are going to single? I think so. I mean, I, I think we're all going to go on the five better than ever. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, we, we've all been chasing value. <laughs> nice. We, yeah. I, we can all agree this horse has talent. Yeah. I think just lacks the the winning habit. You know, you could say that also about the five, but. He's been a lot closer than Valiant Knights has, and I give this horse the nod because Ayala climbs aboard. I think they're all business tonight. I think so. I agree. I think he either you single or you spread out and try to maybe build a long shot case for someone like the three, Babe Can Fly, who uh, I thought this horse could develop into a nice horse. And obviously she's probably had a, a few issues there. Took took Only ran twice late in, into the year uh, as a two-year-old. Came back. You know, didn't run, run from November all the way till March of this year. Then fourth, then fourth again. Be fine, better than ever. That's the only horse that I could see building a long shot case for. Uh, but I agree, five, six, three is uh, yeah, five, five, six, three is high looking. Yeah, I went five, six, four just because. You know, remember to walk. Did have that first outing in a hundred yard dash. I don't know why you'd want your your horse's first effort to be to be in a race like that. But you know, only finished behind half a length. But mm -hmm. You know, just because I think there's there's a question mark on this horse, how good could it be? You know, maybe it's just a dud. We don't know. But I gave that horse a, a little nod as a third horse. All right. So uh, five six three for me, five six four for you in the first race. 
to start the late pick four. Race number eight is probably where I'm going to give a horse my lock of the night. Uh, it's a competitive race. I like doing my lock of the nights in this kind of races because if I'm right, usually I can get away in a race that a lot of tickets are going to go deep, spread out four or five deep. So this gives me a little bit of an advantage. So hopefully uh, catch a price in the other legs. And another horse I've been, I've been chasing. There's another horse I've been chasing. And I'm pretty sure you've uh, you've uh, picked him on top as well before. But I'm sticking with the one, Boxer Willie. Jesus Ayala, Nofo Diaz. I thought it was a very game second last time out. Just missed by a neck. Draws the inside. The slight cut in distance might actually benefit this runner. But I really like the rail tonight for this horse. Uh, Ayala has stuck with this horse for, what, eight, nine times now? Uh, and I like that they keep him at the same level. So I'm all in on the one, Boxer Willie. Exactly. I went with the one also for Landolfo and Ayala there along the inside. I thought this horse was running a pretty game second to Sarah Plain and Tall, uh, my dad's runner, who he dropped down from the 12-5 level to the $8,000 level, I think, just to get the win. So uh, she definitely had a class advantage over him that night. If you look four outs back, this horse, uh, I think, ran his best race, went 15-48 from along the rail. And I think if he repeats that effort, mm -hmm. no one's going to beat him tonight. Yeah, the, the, you know, the one. So we both agree on the one. That might be a little bit too much weight for the one. We we just put the <laughs> one as breaking slow. Watch the one that's going to yeah. break slow, get shuffled, and there goes that. The horse that I'm scared of will probably be the sixth blown away. Back in the barn of Valentin Zamudio, he, he had plenty of success with this runner when he was in his barn. And she's uh, the Abak jumping back aboard. That the, that's the horse that scares me the most. And obviously the horse that looks at uh, two to one on the morning line. Yeah, I went with a little price here uh, in the three. One smart investor mm -hmm. at, at six to one. Has run two pretty strong races under Ramon Figueroa. And if you look at the last uh, replay, was was actually right there with Boxcar Willie. And, and they went 330, and he just couldn't hang in there late. So maybe shortening up to 300 yards, that 30-yard that, uh, 30, 30 cutback in distance can put this horse in the winner's circle. All right. So uh, you like a bit of a price there. I also like a little bit of a price, but for third, and that will be the seven, Dashing Roja. This horse uh, was in ultra-sharp form. Uh, late into the year and to begin this year. Last few, last couple stars haven't been the best out of the gate for this one. I think drawing the outside could help this one get up in the mix at a price. So one, six, seven for me with Boxcar Willie might be my lock of the night. One, three, six. All right. That's race number eight. Late pick three there in race eight. Late double time here in race number nine. We got uh, quarter horses for a clean price of $25,000. Uh, going 300 yards, a field of six, and we've got a good field here to anchor the the, the late double here. Um, I went with the with the now sharp runner, the three twisted twisted sifter, on top. Three rings win streak has improved each and every start uh, this year to begin the three year old campaign. Jonathan Roman has ridden this one pretty well, stays aboard, uh, and I think she's she's on the up and up. So three to one on the morning line for the three twisted sifter. I went with number six quite up. Uh, draws the outside first time off the claim for Unet Rodriguez. They claimed this horse for 12.5, raise them all up to 25,000. So I think they're pretty confident in this one. I like the outside post, and Ayala gets aboard. This horse has been running some pretty pretty decent races uh, for Scott Willoughby. Mm -hmm. I think if uh, Unet can just improve this horse a little, uh, can, can really break well and put up a nice time, should be tough here in the ninth. Yeah. Certainly, you got to make note when, when Ayala uh, lands on a horse first off the claim and up in class, uh, maybe a sneaky try to, sneaky pricer to try to slip underneath. The the second choice will be Beach Mom and Foos for me. 
has won two of our last three. And this is a horse that showed promise early on, didn't really put it together in a few outings as a two-year-old. Maybe he's finally starting to really improve as a three-year-old. Uh, looked strong there last time out, defeating uh, a very sharp runner by the name of Diaz Wintermeyer. So I'll give the four my second choice and the two rocking asteroid, who I think is the best closer. This might be a little bit of a shorter distance that he might prefer. Yeah, I think so. Four to one there, Oscar Pinato. Don't know what price he's going to go off on, but that's my third choice. Three, four, two for me. Yeah, I went uh, six, one, three. I, I kind of like the rail horse, Jazzy Icon, for mm -hmm. Matt Fails. I think this horse has been running in some pretty uh, tough races at Turf Paradise. And I think those races get underestimated a lot by handicappers. You know, th there's some pretty good horses that come out of there. And he's been right there with them. Been running in uh, some fraternities over there. And Matt Fails has uh, done pretty well since coming over to Los Al. I like the rail draw, so maybe we can get a good price at 6-1. to one. Yeah, this is going to be a good race to start the late double. We we've got a couple of different opinions. And I think it's going to be a good way to, to maybe play a few bucks here in the late double. Again, three, four, two for me. Six, one, three. All right, that's race number nine. And we arrive to the featured event of the night, the kindergarten futurity. And we talked about it a little bit on the last episode last night, how good of a field it is. Uh, you know, obviously the runaway winner there is SC Moneymaker with the big uh, 1531. But overall, just the quality and the potential for the other nine runners is very high as well. So I really, really think this is a strong field. Yeah, nobody had really set themselves apart, we were saying, uh, mm -hmm. until SC Moneymaker. You know, everybody was pretty much right there. I mean, it was looking like a balanced field, and SC Moneymaker just came out and, and you know, blew the socks off everybody, went 15.31 and, and had the fastest qualifying time by far, but so that was I, I gave my top pick to him just because I really liked the yeah. the post draw for this horse. How how much more can he improve? Because everything went perfect. That was True. a perfect quarter horse True. race. He broke sharp, kind of almost beat the gate. He just yeah. rocketed out of the gate, went straight. There was not a lot of drifting in, drifting out, and finished strong there, fifteen thirty one. That's my only question mark. How much can he improve? Yeah, that that's definitely an angle of mine. Where if they break too well, yeah, it's almost like well you can't do that again. Yeah. But I just like that this horse is kind of battle tested already. You know, it already raced in, in Remington and ran a really good third in the, in that Oklahoma fraternity, and just came out and I, I didn't think this horse would be better than SC Coronada, but you know I think this one definitely proved that uh, he was the better mm -hmm. of the two horses there. So I had to give him my check mark uh, for second. I'm probably going to go with Tack Me Up uh, with Christopher O'Dell. Just because I think the price is too good at yeah, ten to one. I know, yeah, uh, that's what we're saying. If you like a horse, you're definitely going to get yes, value here. Yeah. If you want to beat SC Moneymaker, uh, everything's going to pay way more in in pick threes, pick fours, pick sixes. But uh, I just think this horse, uh, the number three, has has broken really strong and beat uh, SC Coronada and Delayed Steel, two other rivals in here. You know, if it repeats that effort of fifteen forty six, might take it all. Yeah, and attack me up is going to be my third choice on paper. My second choice. It's going to go to the nine striver. Uh, I really like how professional this filly has looked in both starts. The gate speed is my main takeaway from her. She she's she really improved, won 15.44 to win the trial there um, against a very highly regarded uh, debut winner, Fast Amanda Rose. So there's no slouch. Uh, I think if, if SC Moneymaker makes any kind of mistakes, it's wide open. Uh, but striver is my second choice. Tech Me Up is my third choice. Yeah, I also went with uh, Striver as my third choice there. Yeah. Just, you know, 
ran only ahead behind Wicked Affair and draws right next to her here in the final, but also beat Fast uh, Fast Amanda Rose. You know, who's one we really thought was was going to turn tables, and yeah. that horse was going to you know beat uh, beat Striver by three quarters of a length there. I thought, but you know, this horse just ran really strong, and and I like the post draw of the nine hole, and uh, seems to be improving each time. Yeah, you know, if I would have told you back in. Uh early April that I, I would give you 20 to one on Coleman 47 <laughs> or I would give you 15 to one on fast, fast Amanda Rose. Yeah. I mean, you would love those odds, right? You would say it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be kind of like uh, one of those morning lines out of yeah. state that when you love a horse and then the race opens up and it goes to two to five or something yeah. like that. But yeah, just a, a pretty competitive field. If you like anybody outside SC Moneymaker, I mean, take your pick. You're, you're going to get the right price. And even Wicked Affair 72 drawing the outside. Ayala uh, jumping on that one, staying aboard. It's a runner that showed promise right from the get-go in those, those two drills prior to the debut. 72 in the morning nine, you're probably going to get better than those odds because I think the money is going to be spread out other than just uh, them two. So. If you can build a case for anyone else, I think it's going to be right there. I gave the four choice if you're playing Super Fectus, probably a two-horse, pack light. Two for two, Cody Jensen comes in to ride this one. Uh, I like the way this horse rallied first time out and then looked a little bit more professional out of the gate second time out, 1546. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's that could be a horse for the Super. Seven, nine, three, two for me. Yeah, I went seven, three, nine. Two is going to be my second choice originally, but... I'm just never a fan of the two hole here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That is it's, true. It's huh? just, it just has some bad juju down it there. Does, it's not. I mean, all posts. If you look at the stats, the post positions play pretty fair here. Yeah, they went from everywhere. But something about when having a a, a legitimate horse from the two post, I get a little bit weary about it. Yeah, we saw it last night with the the highly regarded Jaime horse, yeah. Perry's Pleasure. You yeah. know, we thought that horse was going to run a big effort and just broke slow. Came came running on late, but. You know, I just thought, uh, you know, being in the two hole, it just might be susceptible for, for some reason. It's just out there in the air. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, you know, Pack Light definitely looks the part. I just wish he didn't draw there. Cody Jensen comes from out of state. You know, maybe he can turn the tables and, uh, and, and get a rare win there from the two hole. But, yeah, it's probably going to be my fourth choice, Pack Light. All right. So that's a little bit of, of analysis on the Robert Adair. Uh, I think it's a very good final. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the how the play how the cards play out coming out of the gate. So, Fessy Moneymaker breaks like he did in that trial. It should be all over. But let's touch back and rewind the tape and talk a little bit about your horse running last night. I want to say race. Yeah, race seven. And you know, on air, me and Caleb talked about it. How in retrospect, I think this race is going to prove to be a very key race down the future. I think the Four main runners that all run ran first, second, third, and fourth. Uh, they're going to come back and do so, do plenty of noise. We're talking about the eventual winner was could be hotter on the outside for Jose Flores, Chris Mendes. They paid sixty grand for this horse at the Los Alamos Coin Sale because he's a full brother to two million winner. He looks hot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whenever you go to the equine sale, there's usually two or three babies out of that mare, and they're. Uh, all eyes are always watching those to see how much they're going to bring. And uh, they all look the part. Mm -hmm. And uh, that horse just drew the outside and put up a nice time. And that was that was a difference maker. I think racing experience on the outside draw could be hotter, went off to win. Second place finisher was back in time, Royces Nunez. Uh, another one that went for $50,000 at the Los Angeles Equine Sale. 
So they paid a pretty penny. This horse improved with the racing experience and ran pretty well there for second. Um, walk with Jess. Now talk about, you know, he drew the fourth post. We liked that drill of 1230, but we knew he could still be a little bit green. Yeah. Uh, what did you think coming out of the gate? Once he flew out of the gate, I, I thought we had a really yeah. good chance. You know, I, we were right there with the eight early, and uh, I really thought we were going to take it from there. I thought we could outfinish the eight. You know, I was just really scared of the two. Yeah. So, uh, but he just got a little goofy and he started lugging in, and uh, Panado didn't want him to run over the three, put yeah. the Paul Jones runner to his inside. So, pretty much the last. You know, I would say 100 yards, he was probably standing up on this horse and uh, trying to keep him from lugging in. Talked with my trainer today. Everything was okay. okay. Just, uh, I think one thing my dad is really good with is uh, equipment changes. So, yeah. you know, he'll probably maybe change the blinkers, you know, maybe change the bit. But, you know, it's still a question mark of whether how good he could be. I, I don't know if we would have beat the eight, but I think, closer, I think we could have definitely much been closer. second. Yeah. You know, I think we would have been right there in the 1560s. Yeah. Uh, I agree, and you know, all eyes were on the two horse Perry's pleasure for Jaime Gomez because she's a she's a half sister to champion J Fire Up. So she didn't break all that well either. Kind of drifted in, but finished with good energy past the wire to get up for third. Uh, so overall, those four runners that we talk about, I think this race uh, is going to be a key race later down the road. I expect good things for all four. Yeah, Perry's pleasure. I was really scared because that horse really came out and and broke well in both drills yeah i was scared mm -hmm. because this horse you know was really quick into stride she meant and, business in the morning too. yeah and and finished out really nicely and i thought okay well if i can run with this horse then you know then maybe i have something here but and just didn't come out of the gate you know that's in quarter horse racing that's that's half the battle she'll come back So I have a few two-year-old debuting in the next week or so, maybe week, week, week and a half, that they'll still wheel back for those trials. So there's still going to be a lot of... I think we got the, the good tip from Professor...
person might have been on a pedestal with SC Moneymaker. Up in the air, but we're early in the year. Looking for anything for the after show. Well, how are you feeling on uh, Philadelphia getting uh, getting ousted from the playoffs? We haven't even talked about it. Celtics series. A few baskets here and there. We could be talking about the Bucks. Give way too much credit to the Celtics right now. Yeah. But okay. that, I mean, doesn't help this team it's legit. It's Cleveland. Okay. He's already planning. I, I agree. He's making phone calls, whether they want to say he is or not, no. or whether what he says in the press conferences. I think he's definitely gone after this. I mean, he he revamped that whole team, and uh, if he gets if he gets to the finals, I think he's definitely gone. I, I, I think it's over. I do think that Philadelphia from look. They try to do the same thing. Game after game, game after game. Mm -hmm. They've been adjusting. Team, team, team. You, you see it on the floor, you see it by the play, you see it by the players. I mean, I think that's just a testament to their coaching staff. Yeah. I think they and they drew up game plans for the 76ers and now mm -hmm. LeBron. I think they're just coached really well. I I don't think they can beat Golden State or Houston in the finals, but no. to do what they're doing against uh, these talented teams in the East without their their two best players, I think that says a lot. How about telling uh, how about telling Kyrie and Gordon, "Hey, once you guys get good, just come into the system and don't mess it up. Just just yeah, just be okay. Don't don't mess up our don't mess up what we got right now. You know, <laughs> talking about your two best players coming out and, and having to tell them just fit into the system. Don't do anything crazy. I mean, uh, you think about Hayward's injury. Yeah. I mean that everybody thought that was going to be a dagger that Kyrie was going to have to do it alone. Yeah. And then Kyrie goes out, and scary. probably everybody just writes them off. We got scary Terry now jumping off the board. <laughs> but I mean, now they they've buckled down and uh, they're they're playing LeBron tough. How many do you think uh, LeBron wins from? You I think, think one. So you think it's gonna be four one yeah. Celtics? Yeah. I think it'll go four two. Four two? Yeah, I, I think I think LeBron will will push him six. But okay. you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it if it goes four one. <laughs> no. And and if and if it goes to that, LeBron will be uh I mean LeBron went insane in the first quarter of the other game. He he dropped yeah. like twenty two points in the first quarter. Yeah, everybody else just, just played really bad around him. But uh I think everybody really likes to knock LeBron for that, but I mean, he just played like an animal. You, uh, you can't take anything away from him. Are, are you surprised how I want to say how normal, how regular role players have looked as far as Clarkson and Nance? Yeah, I haven't even really seen Nance do anything. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's and to uh, me, Clarkson was one of the 
best Lakers that, yeah. that they had in the last few seasons. And for them to really be non-factors is kind of kind of been disappointing. Yeah, when he was out here uh, with the Lakers, him and uh, Julius Randle, they they were my boys. Yeah, you know, I, I thought they were building a nice young core around that, and they just kind of didn't think they uh, Clarkson could go the next level. Then I thought he would get a shot to really shine there in in Cleveland with LeBron, but you know. LeBron's just not getting any help from these guys. Even his boy J.R. Smith, he, he's not doing too well. He's, you know, he's starting stuff. He's, yeah. He looks to be going back to his old J.R. <laughs> yeah. Smith ways. But yeah. LeBron's doing everything he can, but uh, yeah, I just don't think it's yeah, going to be I, enough. I think the ship is, is sinking. So I'll, I'll go. I'll say four-one Boston there. In the West, I was surprised at how good the role players there, Ariza and Gordon, looked in Game Two to even up the series. But then again, I mean, you're going to have to have that happened every single game to have a shot against Golden State. Curry hasn't been himself. Nope. Um, uh, the other players have been in and out. Uh, so I, Houston has to play so perfect, I think, to have a shot to take Golden State that I just can't see the see Rockets beating the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I just really believe that Golden State just has too much firepower oh, and do. too much chemistry. It's not even fair. Yeah, and... and it's a testament to them also that they've really built this, you know, from the ground up besides KD coming yeah. in, of course. Yeah. But uh, they bring in guys like Andre Iguodala, who used to be an all-star, you know, and he takes a, you know, backseat role to everybody. You know, Clay has already said that he's fine playing where he is. He gets yes. paid millions yeah. of dollars and he, he's built that up. So, you know, he's fine because everybody thinks he's gone as well. But yeah, I think the, their, their bench their talent and and their chemistry just really puts them over the top of the Rockets. I think uh, I'll say four two. I think it goes six. I think they win. Okay, the I Rock think I think the Rockets win one more, but I'll say four two. I think I'll go the same thing with that. Four, yeah, four two. Uh, yeah. So that's the East. That's the West. So finals. We agree that it's going to be Celtics Warriors. How big of a fight could the Celtics put up? Do you think? I think it's a sweep. Right. <laughs> it's it, like, it looks like such contrasting styles. Yeah. I think the Celtics will have played so hard to get to this point. And, you know, although we said Kyrie's out and Hayward was out and they're still doing this, I still think you need star power if you're going to go against yeah. the Golden State Warriors yeah. who are, you know, they're just looking much better than the Rockets, I, I think, at this point. So I think uh, Golden State should probably sweep them. I'll say gentlemen sweep. I'll say 4-1. Okay. win one at home. <laughs> Give the home crowd a, a good so i'll say 4-1 so overall the words i think we're gonna come back and, and be champions again off-season talk where do you think lebron goes houston lakers philly i think those are the main three that i think you would lebron would want to go and be an immediate contender yeah i think i will say that he goes to the 76ers i me too because they have you know that that young core there uh simmons and Embiid, and it, it they're different positions lebron doesn't have to you know kick anybody out uh he can go there and he he probably won't have to work as, as hard as he needs to like he has been doing all these years i don't think he's going to come to the lakers even no. though you know that's everybody's been really speculating that that's the case he has the house out here and spends a lot of time but you know i would probably say the rockets second yeah 76ers probably gonna be my cool my is top there one. is there a way you think the Lakers can lure Kawhi and get LeBron. Is there a way I, that it could happen? 
I don't know. I, I'm not good with this whole how many picks and how many spots, uh, you know. Yeah, and I don't really know. You never really hear of Kawhi having uh, any strong relationships, really, with, yeah. with any other NBA players. He seems like a really quiet guy. Yeah. So I, I'm not really I'm not really sure how that would fit. You know, I I could see maybe LeBron, Paul George, yeah. you know, coming to the Lakers more than LeBron and Kawhi. But I don't know. I really think we're the Lakers are probably going to get Kawhi yeah. in the off season. I, I wish I had a little more vocal leader than him, but you know, I think we've got a pretty young young core there, and uh, Kawhi can definitely help. So you agree that Kawhi's out of the Spurs? I think so. I think so too. At first, I was like. Even maybe a few episodes back, I was like, no, no, no. I yeah. think it's just media talking it up. I think internally, Pop and, and them can get can get things worked out. Uh, the more I'm, I'm reading into it, the more I'm thinking, uh, I think he's gone. Yeah, you never really hear about any drama coming out of San no. Antonio. So that's the only thing that scares me, especially how we said uh, Kawhi's kind of a young guy. So you know, if he's battling there with the Spurs organiz- uh, organization, whether they're calling him out for how dedicated he is for the team about his injury and, and coming back. But, uh, if there's smoke, there's fire. Usually yeah. I, I think he's gone. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, a lot of people talk about, Oh, you know, Paul George LA and you know, he's from, he's from Palmdale. Uh, Kawhi, he's from Riverside originally, I think if I remember correctly. And they're all talking about the Lakers. The Clippers now have a shot They're They, they can lure someone big uh, because they're going to do so. Obviously, they did away with uh, Blake and Chris and all that, so they're yeah. they're a, a missed uh, rebuilding process. But you got to give them credit; they played great with like none of their starters throughout the season, and I think they're going to make some big moves as well. So, LA could be a good attraction for you know coming home, as, you know, for Kawhi and, and Paul George. But I think Paul George might stay in OKC. Okay, I think I think he overall, I think he had a good time. You know, when you look at it, at the whole thing of how, how they got to the playoffs and, yeah. you know, they put up a fight. Um, I think the only way it works is if they convince Melo to come off the bench. You think they can do that? You think no. that's possible? He, he already said, he already <laughs> said, what, I, I ain't feeling no bench. That's what I mean. Right? So, but, I mean, Melo's going to stay. He's going to sign that, that, that 28 uh, million left in the contract. Isn't that disgusting? That's you, you're so not sick. even playing that's so sick. at any level you used to be playing yeah. and you're going to make 28 million. I mean... I've never been a big Carmelo fan, but that even that sours me even more yeah. on him, especially yeah. that he won't come off the bench. At least help your team. But if they can, they can convince him, hey, come off the bench and you be the guy, you be the ISO Carmelo, and you can be there. That's where I think it could work out. But I don't know. We'll see what yeah. happens. I think this is definitely. You were talking about the Clippers. This is a huge season for them. I think so. I think to get a star back in in, in LA makes, for yeah. them, because it could be bad. If, you know, if if nobody wants to start coming here. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to draft another superstar uh, like Blake Griffin yeah. or something. And they don't come around that often, especially no. in their prime. Um, DeAndre, I think, is going to walk. I think he's going to opt out. Uh, we'll find out later in a month or so. But I think uh, two, three months ago, I seen that he's put his house up for sale oh, here God. in L.A. So <laughs> the, the writing was on the wall. I think he's leaving. I think he... he they're not going to go uh, kidnap him this time. <laughs> no. uh, what was it, the Mavericks, yeah, when you wanted to yeah. go to the Mavericks? Uh, the- that, that day on Twitter, though, <laughs> it was so much fun. That was the best NBA Twitter day. I mean, uh, you got JJ tweeting like uh, a car emoji. You yeah. got Blake tweeting like a helicopter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was it was great. It was a, a fun night on Twitter to be an NBA fan. But a lot of moves happening this year and the summer. Uh, I think Kawhi does get traded. 
And I think uh, LeBron probably goes to the to the Sixers. If not, second choice would probably be the Rockets. Yeah, uh, I'll be waiting for the the next announcement that LeBron does on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of, of uh, what choice he's going to make. I'm taking my talents to to Philly. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. That's going to be a huge off season. Yep. And by the way, I think we, last night we were walking to the parking lot, and you asked me about. I had never gone to Universal. I went there for the first time ever uh-huh. after being a lifelong Californian. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I Overall, I like the theme of uh, – I love the Simpsons theme. They had like a Quickie Mart. They had Moe's Bar. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, How come you had never gone before? You just – you didn't I, think it was going to be that good or no, you never honestly, had interest? Yeah. yeah, I think it was just – I always got attracted to it when it was hyped up for like horror nights. Okay. But I never went. Because people said it was always too crowded, blah, blah, blah. And then I was more of a thrill ride seeker. So I was more into like Six Flags and then uh, obviously Disney. So Disney and Six Flags were my go-to. And oh. I never, never went to Universal. And it's more of an experience. They don't have a lot of, uh, they don't have, actually, they don't even have any roller coasters per se. Mm-hmm. It's more about a, a like virtual reality type of uh, rides. Okay. Uh, but the Harry, the Harry Potter uh, theme was pretty cool. The new ride is pretty cool, but man, we're getting old. I walked out <laughs> and I actually got got a little bit nauseous. Yeah. Uh, Me and my wife were like, we're so washed up already. Yeah, my wife, she really has a hard time with the simulators. Yeah. And so, you know, Star Tours, uh, we rode, we went to Disney World, we, we rode the Avatar ride, which was really good, but like her whole family, they walked off like, oh really? my gosh, like we, we got to take a second. <laughs> I mean, it was really good. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. I have more of a, a problem with with like the big roller yeah. coasters that go upside down. Yeah. Those really get to okay. me. But yeah, I've only been to Universal one time, uh, probably 15 years ago. Really? Yeah, before Harry Potter uh, was built. But uh, I really heard that's, you know, that's a, a really cool land. And I like that they've had Disney step their game up. I tried told you the story that I tried to get my wife yeah. to go, uh, but she's total Disney, no <laughs> universal. So I, I like got my head chewed off yeah. even thinking, but so I thought me, she would want to go so to tell universal. Me what happened. Yeah. Tell me what happened. So I was just thinking of a place to take her for her birthday. I was just, you know, wondering, Oh, where can we go? And she had mentioned, Oh, I, I would like to, you know, see the Harry Potter land someday. Yeah. We, every time the movies are on, she's yes. watching them. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll take her to universal. So yeah, I thought I would try and surprise her. And and she's like, "Are you kidding me? What what would make you think that I would want to go to Universal?" I was like, "Well, you said you would want to go to Harry Potter yeah. Land. Everybody's been raving about yeah. it. How cool it is! Uh, what's the ride they have there? Uh, uh, the where you're flying through? Uh, Ho- is it Hogwarts something? Or? Hogwarts is the whole complex. Okay, I don't know the exact name of the ride." But we got, I got on it. It was pretty cool. I, I got to give it to them. Yeah, everybody's just talking about yeah. that. You could get butterbeer and yeah, all this butter stuff. Beer. I went for the Duff myself. I went oh, okay. to got me a Duff. But yeah, so I thought it'd be really, really neat and just went over horribly. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. She's, she's still on Team Disney, right? Oh, Team yeah. Disney. Oh, Team she, Disney she's got it. She gets all the, the latest things, the spirit jerseys Ooh. and the, all the ears and stuff. She's really into that, so. Hopefully, I can I can get her back to Universal, and, and we can try out all these new lands, like the Simpsons land, yeah, the Harry Simpsons Potter. Simpsons lands is pretty cool. Uh, uh, I ate a what did we? Eat? I ate a I think I ate a crusty burger. I went to crusty okay. burger. I got a burger. <laughs> I went to Moe's bar, got a Duff beer. Um, I went into Quickie Mart. They did not carry the Duggy Racing form. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got on the ride there. It's pretty cool. 
overall the theme of the Springfield there was pretty cool. So I would go back. I would go back. Yeah, definitely uh, going to have to give it a shot here. Come on, April. Especially the price difference compared, oh, yeah, compared sure. to Disney. I mean, yeah. when you look at Knott's and, yeah. and Universal, yeah. there's no comparison. You can get a pass for way cheaper than what you're going to pay at Disneyland. But uh, maybe I'll just blindfold her and, and I, drive her over yeah. there one day. And I was treated to it. So shout out to my wife. She, she surprised me with tickets. Uh, early uh, present for our anniversary. You, for our anniversary, who's coming up. Our anniversary is coming up in about two weeks. So she surprised me with a little bit. Ex, uh, a little bit early gift, so it was pretty fun. I'll go back, so try to convince April. Maybe yeah. next time we'll we'll make it. We'll head out together. Definitely. Uh, are you gonna prepared well for your show for uh, with Professor tonight? Yeah, Professor. Me and uh, Professor how G. are you gonna carry this guy? <laughs> yeah, me and Professor G. We're we're. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna slide over to the host chair. I've hosted the show before. I, I, I hosted it with Les before, but now Professor G coming in. Good luck. Uh, do you think I'm gonna have to carry the show? You should get paid double for uh, all the work you're gonna have to do tonight. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll make it a head-to-head -head matchup as far as check marks, me and Professor Z. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll have a good time. Yeah, always uh, enjoy watching the quarters. And uh, Professor, he does his homework. He does. He'll, he'll th and he he'll throw some prices oh, out he there. He will. He's yeah. not afraid to go against Ooh, the chalk. No. So uh, if you're definitely a price player, uh, look for his picks. All right, that's the show for this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have. A few winners here and there, and uh, we'll touch back next week. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. See you.